Mike Seibert Radio is an independently produced podcast. The views and opinions expressed are those of the host and the guests only and do not necessarily reflect those of any other broadcasting entities that either have been, am now, or will be affiliated with. to Mike Seibert Radio. I am your host. This is the podcast radio show where I talk about stuff and things that are on my mind every week. If you want to get a hold of me, I am at Mike Seibert Radio on Twitter and Instagram. And the mailbag is MikeSeibertRadio at gmail.com. Uh, got a jam-packed show for you. A whole lot of fun to be had. But um, but before we get to anything this week, um, I've, I've got some breaking news that i got to share with you. Breaking news. All right. First of all, Disney confirms it is buying 21st Century Fox assets. Uh, The Walt Disney Company confirmed earlier today, today being Thursday, that it will acquire a large part of 21st Century Fox for more than $50 billion, that's with a B, um, in stocks. The deal means the rights to popular franchises like the X-Men and The Simpsons will now be controlled by Disney, which means that, yes, the X-Men and the Fantastic Four characters will now be under the Marvel Studios umbrella and can be featured in upcoming Marvel Cinematic Universe projects. Um, I will come back to that later. Uh, But also, as you no doubt have heard by now, the FCC has voted to repeal net neutrality. Uh, The Federal Communications Commission voted along party lines, that means uh, three Republicans against two Democrats, um, to give internet providers in the United States more control over how they govern and charge for data. Uh, We're kind of in uncharted territory here. Uh, Some people think that this is the end of the internet as we know it, crying Armageddon, uh, while others have said that the previous net neutrality rules impeded innovation in the free market. I'd imagine it's somewhere in the middle. Time will tell. Again, that was uh, uh, breaking news um, that I wanted to uh, get out of the way right away. But hey, I'm excited to be back in the studio. It's been a fun couple weeks of interviews and guest shows. And I don't know, it's as fun as those shows are, it's just kind of nice to kind of, you know, just kind of hang out, you know, just uh, hang out in the studio with you. But yeah, man, like I mentioned earlier, got an exciting show for you this week. Uh, What are we talking about? Well, listen and find out on this week's all-new episode of Mike Seibert Radio. But first, let's kick things off with some shout-outs. Shout it, shout it, shout it out First of all, I want to give shout-outs to last week's guest, Killing Spree, at Late Night Death. Uh, check out our episode on Justice League. Superman, what's wrong with your face? <laughs> Dumb movie. And thanks again to Regan, Ken, JB, and Ray from Strangely Alright, who joined me for an exclusive interview last week. Their new song, All of Us Are Strange, is available now for you to check out and listen later in this week's episode. I have the Christmas song that we were talking about last week called I Believe in Christmas. Again, that from Strangely Alright. 
also want to give a shout out to the following shows that included me in their Follow Friday Twitter blast last week. The Earth 919 Podcast, The Robin Slim Show, Jerry and Cal at From the Bottom 504, J360 Productions, Drift and Ramble, Dungeons and Dragons, Drinks with Larry, Sharp the Podcast, Hello Life, WTF, and Eric Mannix from the Out of the Fridge podcast. Huge friend to the show. Um, also, the Retro Cinema podcast gave me a shout-out during their Top 10 80s Kids Movies episode uh, for suggesting, to the surprise of exactly nobody... Transformers the movie. And if you want to hear Angry Man and Gidget Von LaRue do an episode on that iconic 1986 animated classic, stop laughing. I like that movie. <laughs> anyway, um, hit them up at The Retro Cinema on Twitter. And finally, I wanted to give a shout out to Todd Spence. He's a writer who works on Jimmy Kimmel Live and on Honest Trailers for Screen Junkies, as well as that spooky video short, Where Is It, that I told you about last Halloween. Well, um, he mailed me a paperback copy of the novelization for Total Recall, um, which was actually written by famous sci-fi writer Piers Anthony. Um I um I used to be hooked on movie novelizations when I was a kid, uh, but for some reason this one passed me by. Um, so yeah, a, a few weeks ago he tweeted that he came across it and wanted to give the book away, saying that somebody should own it. Um, it was a retweet to enter type thing, and I won, and that's pretty rad. <laughs> um, incidentally, I've um I've actually won a bunch of stuff uh, from Twitter before. Uh, stuff from uh, ranging from wipeout body spray to uh, Seattle Seahawks training camp tickets all just by uh, retweeting to enter contests so I mean it's totally a thing now if you if you think stuff like that is a scam well most of them probably are and chances are pretty good that they are but some of them aren't. Um, so there's that. Um, still haven't won any Funko Pop figures, though. Hmm. Because I keep following and retweeting them all the time. Coming up next, I've got some geeky news that's been stacking up on my desk, as well as some trailers that have dropped that I want to talk about. And the lineup for next year's Crackle Fest has been announced. But first, here's Babylon from Limberlost, and you're listening to Mike Cyber Radio.
Seattle band Limber Lost. That single is currently playing on Zone Radio in South Africa. And if uh, and you can vote to keep that song in their top 40 rotation by voting online. I'll have a link for you in the show notes. Uh, but I think that's pretty cool. Um, uh, speaking of Limber Lost, they have a show coming up on Friday, January 19th at Jazz Bones. Um, that's in Tacoma. And we talked about that a couple weeks ago when I interviewed the band. Um, but I'm excited to share an announcement about that show. This from a recent newsletter that the band sent out to their fans. We are excited to announce that our good friend Mike Seibert of the Mike Seibert Radio podcast will be joining us at Jazz Bones to record material for one of his upcoming shows. Band interviews, fan interviews, and more. Who knows what can happen when Mike's in the room? So tell everyone that the place to be on January 19th is with Limberlost at Jazz Bones in Tacoma. Again, that's Friday January 19th, Limberlost, along with Dead Set and See by Sound, and I will be the MC for Limberlost. Doors are at 7, show is at 8, advanced pre-sale tickets are available now for 6 bucks or $10 at the door, but I'd hit that pre-sale because this just might sell out. Speaking of amazing shows happening next year, I'm stoked to tell you about CrackleFest. Um, Emerald City Comic Con and nerd rock band Kirby Crackle are proud to present CrackleFest 8, a night of nerd music and comedy at Hard Rock Seattle. That's going to be on Friday, March 2nd, right in the middle of ECCC, featuring Kirby Crackle, Mega Ran, and Lucia Fasano, as well as several local stand-up comedians to round out the lineup for that 21 and over show. Um, I'll have more information to share with you in upcoming episodes, uh, but they uh, they just announced the lineup last week, and I wanted to make sure and mention it here because um, I'm really excited, um, and I know they've got a lot of really cool stuff in store for us this year. Uh, Kyle and the gang always bring the heat, so stay tuned for that. <laughs> 
In keeping with nerdy news, I wanted to loop back around to this uh, Fox Disney merger stuff that I uh, that I mentioned at the top. Um, obviously, the big story for comics fans is that the X Men characters, and you know, to a lesser extent, the Fantastic Four characters, are kind of back in the Marvel fold. Kind of all of the characters now, well, well with the exception of uh, the Spider Man arm of uh, the Marvel universe. Everything's under Disney's roof now, and that's um, that's kind of interesting. I mean, people have been clamoring for that uh, for years. I mean, largely on the heels of uh, no fewer than three different terrible Fantastic Four movies. Um, but then there's also been a lot of criticism leveled at the X-Men corner of the universe. And for me, at least... I um I was of the opinion that I think they finally cracked the code and they finally figured it out. Um, you know, I mean, between Logan and Deadpool and uh, this uh, uh, show, the uh, the Gifted, that's on Fox TV. Which, incidentally, if you're not watching that, it's um it's it's really not bad. Um, it's it's really no worse than any other comic show on TV, like you know, Agents of Shield, which has been pretty wretched um and gotham which has also been pretty wretched but um but but the thing about the gifted that i like is that it seems even more so than the last handful of movies they really get what makes the x-men tick and it's um there's a lot of teen angst and uh, a lot of interpersonal drama, um, something that really hasn't been a component of the movies, I think. I mean, sure, they're angsty in spots, but it's a different kind of angst. It's it's not the, the coming-of-age kind that I think is kind of inherent to uh, um, earlier iterations of the X-Men, and I think, I think they've captured some of that in, uh, in The Gifted. Um, but also... Um, we've uh, we've got the new mutants coming up next year. That uh, that movie, and I th- I've talked about this on the show before, but I think that's really interesting. That I mean, obviously they're going to uh, looks like adapt very heavily from the uh, the iconic Demon Bear story, um, but they're also kind of leaning more into the horror aspect of it. I think this is a straight up horror movie, and I think that's a really good way to go. And I wonder if with these X Men back under the MCU. CU umbrella. Um, I wonder if we're going to get stuff like Logan or the New Mutants. Um, uh, I mean, obviously, uh, Rob Iger has uh, uh, just confirmed today that Deadpool 2 will indeed continue to carry its R rating. Um, so that's kind of cool. That, that was something that people were really, really concerned about. Um, but I'll just be very interested to see what happens because, you know, another thing we know is that in the MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, after the fourth Avengers movie, you know, kind of the sequel to Infinity War, they're kind of wiping the slate clean and starting over. And maybe after this uh, X-Men Dark Phoenix movie that's coming out uh, next summer, maybe that's just an opportunity to wipe everything clean and, uh, and just start over. You know, new Avengers, new X-Men, recast everybody and just maybe just start from scratch with this incorporated um, uh, new universe. 
not to be confused with the new universe. I don't need to be seeing the star brand or DP seven or, or spitfire and the troubleshooters. You can keep that ish. It's not what I meant. Um, but yeah, no, just a, a new, uh, cohesive universe with all these characters could be pretty cool. Um, but the uh, you know the last thing I wanted to mention on that was uh, uh, Fantastic Four. I I'm in a weird minority in that I I don't think we need another Fantastic Four movie, but I do think that uh, the Fantastic Four are really cool characters. I think what Marvel should do in the in this new incorporated universe is introduce them as supporting characters. You know they show up. In like giant team up movies, um, l- l- the best example I have of that is take a look at what the MCU has done with the Hulk. You know they they've really highlighted him as a supporting character. Um, I don't need to see another Hulk movie. I mean, obviously we probably won't because Universal still has those uh, film rights, but. Um, I, I don't need to see a Fantastic Four movie, but I do need to see Reed Richards uh, interacting with Tony Stark. I think that I think that would be pretty cool. But yeah, no, I'm just uh, yeah. W- we'll see what happens. Let me know what you think. Uh, tweet me at Mike Cybert Radio or send an email to Mike Radio at gmail dot com. Coming up next. Getting you into that holiday spirit, here's Strangely Alright with a tune called I Believe in Christmas. You're listening to Mike Seibert Radio. And I believe in Christmas And the gift of love It's the season to be of the best we can be A little hope can be enough
believe in Christmas, the holiday single from Strangely Alright. They are playing a show at the Swiss in Tacoma on Saturday, December 23rd, uh, Christmas Eve Eve. Strangely Alright and Darby Picnic will both share their ear candy and play Christmas songs to make it truly the best time of the year. You won't want to miss that. And again, check out my interview with Strangely Alright from last week where they talk about that show and more. So there were a few movie trailers that dropped this week, and I wanted to touch on real quick if I can. Um, I really liked the full trailer for Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom that came out, uh, but I do wonder if what's shown is what the entire movie is or if there's going to be more to it uh, plot-wise. Because, like, the first Jurassic World movie, I mean, the the plot was pretty straightforward and in a lot of ways kind of followed sort of the story of the first Jurassic Park movie. That's not a bad thing, but that's just you know kind of kind of where it lied this looks like it's doing something different it doesn't look like it's going to be a rehash of uh uh the lost world jurassic park the original sequel um and i think it could be kind of a cool story and um i i'm just glad that the jeff goldblum resurgence the renaissance uh the re-emergence of uh jeff goldblum is continuing we had him in uh, thor ragnarok and pretty much stole the show and to see him kind of ian malcoming here in uh that last little bit of the trailer i thought was uh, uh really really cool um and, and i'll really be interested to see how much of the story is uh influenced by nostalgia because there there were a few nostalgia buttons that they kind of pressed in in that uh that first movie um speaking of nostalgia i want to talk about the new trailer for ready player one here's a clip in 2045 there's nowhere left to go nowhere except the oasis it's a whole virtual universe it's the only place that feels like I mean anything. The Oasis was the brainchild of James Halliday. The first person to find the Easter egg will inherit half a trillion dollars and control of the Oasis. This is nothing less than a war for control of the future. Like many of you, I only came here to escape. But I found something much bigger than just myself. Are you willing to fight? Help us save the Oasis. Okay. This movie puzzles me. Now... I'm all for nostalgia, uh, but I don't know if Steven Spielberg is actually the right choice for this, uh, directing-wise, I mean. And and this isn't my idea. Um, I, I don't remember where I heard it from, uh, but... Um, Steven Spielberg created and visualized so much that we're nostalgic for today in pop culture. Um, so I don't know if he actually has the right eye and mentality to um, uh, refract that same nostalgia back to us. You know, I mean, so in in other words, he's, he's kind of responsible for a lot of our childhoods, you know, um, and to see a lot of that stuff mined for this movie, which is intentionally kind of... Uh, 
a nostalgia trip. Um, this material seems more better suited to somebody like, say, J.J. Abrams, uh, whose sensibilities are more l- leaning into nostalgia culture. Um, it just seems like a weird choice. I mean, I mean, take a look at. Um, you know, the uh, uh, Star Wars Force Awakens or the rebooted Star Trek movie. And I almost think I kind of need that sensibility in something like Ready Player One. Incidentally, I've, I have not read the book, um, but I keep being told that I should because there there's I'm told there's a lot for me there. And th- that's another thing I wanted to touch on, too, is the type of nostalgia. From what I understood... Uh, when the book first came out is that it's it leans very heavily on specifically 80s nostalgia um and we got that in the first trailer i mean uh even in this one too the uh, the the dude drives a, a back to the future delorean and it's featured very prominently but in this new trailer there's even more stuff and in fact like contemporary stuff like there's like a character from overwatch that shows up at the end of the trailer and so i i'm i don't know how much of that is from the book um but again from what i from what i understand it's one of those things where when you're not limited by licensing and other considerations it's a book you can just write whatever you want so I'm curious to see what actually translates one to one from the original story and what's been kind of shoehorned in kind of like these uh, Overwatch characters. But I I also get the feeling that watching this movie, you're going to be spending more time just watching the background just to see what Easter eggs kind of pop up and what and and what you see. uh, yeah, just I mean, just even in the trailer, you see stuff like the like 1960s Batmobile and like, you know, Chucky from Child's Play. And um, the the thing that it's so weird, because like in both of these trailers, the first one and this one, I I got some tingles and I got some feels. I mean, I'm I'm very uh, prone to falling for nostalgia. Like I've talked about this a lot on other shows before, but I I loved Star Wars The Force Awakens because it leaned so heavily on the nostalgia. Um, uh, ju- just to you know, throw an example out there, but in both trailers, I got that tingle. And uh, I just watched the, the trailer again just now, and when a Gundam wing shows up, I thought that was pretty rad. And so, yeah, so you see a Gundam and then you see the Iron Giant and it's just like the hair was standing up on my arm. I just I just thought that was really cool. I don't know if this movie's going to be any good. I think now that we've seen more of the plot, I think it looks a little more goofy than maybe I thought it was going to be. But but who knows? I mean, I mean, the thing that I don't know is who is this for? I mean, I mean, not to to uh, belabor the point and repeat myself, but uh, the book was, I believe, written for folks like me, you know, older, um, older guys, you know, uh, people that are fueling this nostalgia craze, you know, 80s kids for or, or early 90s kids. Um, I don't know. So how how about you? And and incidentally, if you've read the book and want to correct me on stuff, feel free uh, <laughs> tweet me at Mike Seibert Radio uh, or uh, uh, email Mike Seibert Radio at gmail uh, dot com. Um, so last year we had Ghost in the Shell, which you know was kind of 
a really kind of, uh, I, I would say it was a faulty adaptation. You know, there was, you know, obviously the the allegations of whitewashing and just, I, I don't know if it was, it did the material justice. You know, I, uh, I we did a whole episode, uh, me and Killing Spree, um, about Ghost in the Shell. But so next year we get another live action anime translation or or maybe it's a manga i'm not i'm not sure but it's uh well i think it's both but um a movie called alita battle angel which apparently was battle angel alita so i don't know i'll just call it alita battle angel alita just to just to be a curmudgeon about it well look at you may your dreams bring you peace this is just the body it's not bad or good. That part's up to you. I don't mean to be rude. Am I supposed to know you? Actually, we just met. The strong prey on the weak down here. Alida, they will come for you. Why? I think you were someone... Very special. So this is from visionary filmmakers, according to uh, their own social media, visionary filmmakers, James Cameron and Robert Rodriguez. And I think that title is apt for these two guys. Um, You know, obviously, James Cameron gave us uh, The Terminator, um, Aliens, uh, Titanic, uh, Avatar to a much lesser extent. Um, But I mean, from a technological standpoint, he's been responsible for a lot of our our childhoods, you know, and with Robert Rodriguez, I mean, you, you look at the things he's done technologically I mean you know I, I didn't necessarily care for them spy kids movies but uh, but kids liked them um, uh, Sin City was great the sequel was not but but the the cool part about that was you know taking the uh, uh, having the technology available to really bring these uh, uh, comics to life um, but but I think there's a problem with this movie Um Okay, so they they've not cast a white actress as an Asian character this time, um, but man, the the person that they got, they got some giant eyes. They, I mean, like freakishly scary, huge eyes. I'm I'm sure you've seen this on uh, social medias by now, but yeah, it's just terrifying. And uh, I mean, almost like like Amanda Seyfried, huge. I mean, they should have just casted her, um, but. Um, uh, so, so I sent this to my buddy Killing Spree, and uh, I just asked him what he thought. He said he uh, read the manga, uh, didn't care for it, um, and that big eyes only work in comics and cartoons. Um, and I get that. That makes sense. But the thing that, that I also want to put out there is quit trying to make live action anime happen. It's not going to happen. Um, because they just they just can't quite seem to get it right. I mean, it's like, you know, they, they keep kicking around the idea of trying to make like an Akira movie. I don't know if we need that. I mean, I mean, what would that look like? Um, incidentally, I can't sit through Akira. It's just, oh, it's just, it's too dense. It's too thick. Um, uh, but anyway, yeah, I, I just, I don't know. So I put that out there and, uh, the response I got was, uh, regards to, um, 
uh, can't get live action anime right is why not? It worked for the Matrix. And, you know, that that's a fair point, because if you go back and watch the Matrix, there is a lot of anime and uh, manga influence in there. But I would submit also that um, I, I, I think the reason that the Matrix works so well and is so effective is because it pulls from several other influences besides anime and manga. I mean, like, you know, kung fu movies, American comic books, um, all of that stuff is in that uh, that that secret special sauce that makes the Matrix what it is. I, I don't I don't think it's it, it's just a straight anime and it's not an adaptation of anything it's you know something that they they kind of made from whole cloth so um i don't know um but speaking of anime have you seen the trailer for something called batman ninja this looks totally bonkers and i cannot wait i couldn't tell from what i was looking at is i mean it says it's going to be in theaters uh december of 2018 but i can't tell if that's going to be in american theaters or japanese theaters because this is a straight up anime and it was uh um looks like it was made by some of the folks that worked on african Pro Samurai, um, and it's it's all uh, Japanese crew. You know, it's a, a native Japanese animation with uh, uh, Japanese voice actors, and it just it looks really really cool. So the uh, uh, plot it says uh, Batman, along with a number of his allies and adversaries, find themselves transplanted transplanted from modern Gotham City to feudal Japan. So it's 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 a time travel adventure and I I think that's really cool because like the the character designs look look awesome. Um and and I think uh, you've probably seen this meme going around, but there's a, a sequence in it when Batman Ninja and and his uh, uh, sidekicks. I mean, because it looks like there's like a couple different Robins and like Nightwing, and I mean, like the whole Bat family looks like they're there. But um, uh, it, it was commenting about Batman not liking the tea, and he puts his hands in front of him and says. This is excellent. Anyway, it just it, it's it's it, it's a really memeable uh, uh, scene from that trailer, and um, I don't know. I I I'm really anxious to check this out. It'll be uh, it'll be cool to see what they do with that. And um, uh, speaking of different versions of a character, uh, the last trailer I wanted to mention was uh, for something called Spider Man: Colon Into the Spider Verse. Um, enter a universe where more than one wears the mask. Um, that is going to be in theaters next Christmas. Now, this is an animated movie produced by Sony. Now, um, Spider-Man Homecoming is obviously a movie that takes place in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but it's still made by Sony. So it was one of those things where uh, Disney and Sony figured it out and they decided that both companies like money. They like money. So so anyway, uh, so that's Spider-Man Homecoming. But Sony still has rights to all of the Spider-Man characters. And this looks like something um, that's really cool that they're doing with it. Um, I, I was thinking initially that this might be a, a live action movie. 
and I'm glad that it's not. It is, it is an animated movie. Um, but what makes this so interesting, I think, is the inclusion of Miles Morales as Spider-Man. And I think that is really, really cool. Um, uh, if you liked Spider-Man Homecoming, uh, check out the uh, Ultimate Comic Spider-Man or Ultimate Spider-Man books. Um, basically, um, uh, Miles Morales is a uh, mixed race, uh, African-American, Hispanic-American uh, kid. And he basically becomes Spider-Man through spoilery stuff that I won't get into. And I think is a character that's, you know, kind of cool to have around and i like that he's getting a spotlight especially because almost all of the stuff that you liked about spider-man homecoming was pretty much ripped off from uh brian michael bendis's run on ultimate spider-man like uh like uh the man in the chair his buddy ned uh that's uh that's gonky from the uh from the comics so um yeah they basically they're like oh chubby asian guy we'll just give him a different name not call him gonky but he's still the same character um and and really kind of like the way Peter acts in Spider-Man Homecoming, there's there's a lot of uh, uh, Miles Morales in there, like including like like the whole uh, Science Academy uh, thing where all the kids go and all that. So uh, those aspects of Spider-Man Homecoming made me feel a little squirrely, but it'll be it'll be kind of cool to see Miles kind of get his due uh, on the big screen uh, next Christmas. Um, anyhow, speaking of the Spider-Verse, apparently that Venom movie is still happening. And from what I've seen, they're um, they're actually using the 90s Venom and not the more contemporary Agent Venom from the uh, current comics or Venom Space Knight, if you prefer. I don't know. I don't read those comics anymore. But um, um, but I mean, we're 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 talking classic Venom, the teeth, the tongue, all of it. And there's a hashtag running around, uh, hashtag we are Venom. So I, I think maybe that's the one that's supposed to have Tom Hardy in it. I don't know. As a uh, um, as more information comes out, I'll have to um, uh, I'll have to share that with you because I'm I'm very curious. And finally. The last thing I wanted to mention before I get out of here, uh, the last thing I wanted to leave you with is that I will be at a toy drive benefiting Salvation Army tomorrow. That's Friday, December 15th. I am going to be at the Fred Meyer store in Puyallup from 3 to 7 p.m. We're collecting new unwrapped toys for the young kids and gift cards for the older kids and teens. And I'd love to see you drop by if you can. Keep an eye on my social media uh, uh, for more information about that. Uh, drop by if you can. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, and I mean, I mean, because every kid deserves to have a joyous Christmas with gifts under the tree. Again, all of those donations are going to benefit the Salvation Army, um, and they will be distributed to children and families in our community who would otherwise go without. And um, this is something I've been looking forward to uh, for a while. So if you do happen to be listening to this, and you do happen to be driving around on Friday in the greater Puyallup, Washington area, uh, stop by the uh, Fred Meyer on North Meridian. Again, I'm going to be there from 3 p.m. to 7 p.m. Um, you know, it, it, it would be super cool um, to see um, a fan of the podcast or at least somebody that uh, at least incidentally knows uh, who I am. So, um, 
And with that, I'd like to put out a few questions for you to um, uh, start up a conversation for the next couple episodes as we uh, close out the year as we get closer to Christmas time. Um, so I'd like to ask you three questions. One, what was the best Christmas present you ever received and why was it so great? Uh, number two, what was the best Christmas morning you ever remember and why? And lastly, what was the best Christmas gift you ever gave and why? Right into that mailbag, MikeSybertRadio at gmail.com. I will read your responses on the air and I will give you a shout out. And that will do it for this episode. I'd like to thank you for listening this week and every week you tune in. I appreciate it. If you'd like to check out all of my old shows and podcasts, you can listen and subscribe on SoundCloud, Google Play Music, the Stitcher Radio app, and on Apple Podcasts. Like, share, rate, and review the show wherever you find it. I'd appreciate the feedback, and I will read your reviews on the air. You can find me online at Mike Seibert Radio on Twitter and Instagram. And if you're an independent artist like Strangely Alright or Limber Lost or Kirby Crackle um, and would like to share your stuff with us, uh, shoot me an email, MikeSybertRadio at gmail.com, or just message me. Next week, speaking of, the holiday cheer continues with the 2017 holiday single from Kirby Crackle and more nerdy stuff, I'm sure. My name is Mike, and this has been Mike Cybert Radio. And until next time, make good choices. 